I want to speak this evening on a subject which I have entitled The Life, the Funeral, and the Epitaph of Mr. Badman. We're turning to Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 10. The 8th chapter and the 10th verse of the book of Ecclesiastes. And so I saw the wicked buried. There's the funeral, all right. It's quite clear. Who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. There's the life. This also is vanity, or this is also vanity. There's the epitaph. So it's quite simple. This verse relates the life of Mr. Batman. What does it say about him? It said he had come and gone from the place of the holy and was forgotten in the city where he had done so. There's his life. This scripture not only relates his life, but this scripture recalls his funeral. And it says, I saw the wicked buried. There's his funeral. And then this text records his epitaph. This is also vanity. Every man and every woman born into Adam's race is born a member of the bad family. There's nothing good about men and women who are sons and daughters of Adam's race. The man without grace, the man without hope, the man without light, the man without peace, the man without Christ is indeed a Mr. Badman. And every soul in this meeting can see a reflection in the mirror of this verse of themselves as they are in their sin. And I want to show you tonight, friend, your life first of all. And then I want to tell you of your burial. And then I want to engrave the epitaph on the tombstone that most certainly will be yours if you are not saved by the grace of God, washed in the 
blood of the Lamb and sealed from all e- for all eternity by the power of the gospel. This text reveals a strange thing, doesn't it? It says that the wicked, the wicked, mark you, the wicked were frequenters of the place of the holy. Doesn't say that they had come and gone from the place of unrighteousness. It doesn't say that they had come and gone from some unclean den or from some unholy partnership or from some place of darkness and the curse. No, sir. It says that the wicked had come and gone from the place of the holy. Think of it. Mr. Batman, where is he? He's in the place of the holy. His life is characterized by the frequenting of the place that God marks as a holy place. There are three things in God's Word that are marked down as holy places. First of all, there is the house of the Lord. That's a holy place where the book is opened, where the word of God is read, where prayers are offered, where the saints of God assembly, where the worship of God goes forth and ascends to heaven, and the psalms and hymns of the church militant are sound. That, my friend, according to the Word of God, is a holy place. And we have not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. There is another place that is a holy place. That's the table of the Lord. And the table of the Lord is marked down in Scripture with a special seal and with a special insignia of holiness. What does it say? He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Why, it's a holy place. The table of the Lord is an especially holy place. And there's something else in the Scripture that's marked down as a holy place. That's the place of service for the Lord. The pulpit, the place where the book is opened, the place where the Word of God is preached, the place where the minister stands before God and man, To be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. That, my friend, is indeed a holy place. I want to tell you that Mr. Badman comes to the house of God. And goes from the house of God. And from the house of God, he goes to hell. Let me repeat that. And let me emphasize it. 
that the wicked frequent the house of the Lord. And they go from God's house to the darkness of the pit. Yes, and let me go on and tell you that unregenerate man and woman, the Mr. Batmans of the 20th century, come and go from the table of the Lord. How many sinners have taken the bread in unholy hands, have taken the cup upon unholy lips, how many have drunk the cup of the Lord, and tonight they're drinking the cup of devils in perdition. Yes, and let me say something more. They not only go to the house of the Lord and to the table of the Lord, but unregenerate men have climbed into the pulpits of God's house, have stood upon the platforms where the word of God should be ministered. With unholy hands, they've handled the holy book. With profaned lips, they have declared a message which was not the gospel of Christ, but the other gospel of the Antichrist. And they have gone from the pulpit, fallen down the pulpit steps, head foremost, into perdition and eternal damnation. We're dealing with serious realities tonight, man and woman. Coming and going from the place of the holy. Someone in this meeting tonight, and you have come and gone from God's house for many a year. You were brought to God's house as a lad or as a young lassie. You sat between your parents and you heard old-fashioned preachers preaching the old-fashioned gospel in old-fashioned power. And then you grew up and you came with your companions and you sat in your youth in the pews of God's house and among this assembly of the saints of God. And then you got a family of your own, and you brought your own family to the house of God. And now your own family has grown, and they have families of their own, your, their own, and you still frequent the house of God. You come and go from the house of the holy. But let me tell you, friend, you know not Jesus Christ or the God of the house. You frequenters of God's house, you men and women that come and go from this gospel service Sunday night after Sunday night, if you died now upon that seat, God would say you were a wicked person. You were in the place of the holy, but the holiness of God had no effect upon you. The message of God never reached you. The Christ of God never saved you. The blood of the Lamb never washed you. And if you died tonight, you would have come and gone from the place of the holy. But you would have been a wicked person fit only for the pit of hell. This is a great tragedy, isn't it? This is what alarms the preacher in his ministry. And as I kneel before God, faces of man and woman come up before me. And they have come and gone for years. 
And I know them. And I respect them. And I love them. And I believe they have love and affections for the preacher. But alas, alas, they know not Jesus Christ. How could I follow after your coffin? How could I speak at your funeral? How could I listen to the dull clay rattling off your coffin lid? But I would know in my heart of hearts that you were a wicked person. For you had rejected Jesus Christ, trampled underfoot the blood of the covenant, done despite to the spirit of grace, living, dying, lost in hell without Jesus Christ. This is a terrible place to come and go from the place of the holy and be a wicked person. Perhaps there is someone here and you come and go from the table of the Lord. You are a communicant member of a church. Perhaps you go to a church that is not orthodox in the faith. Perhaps you listen to a preacher who knows not the gospel. Or perhaps by your hypocrisy you have got into a good evangelical church. And by perhaps by a false profession you are a communicant member of that church. You know, there were twelve apostles, but one was a Judas. And there will always be a Judas among every twelve of the people of God. There will always be someone who is a hypocrite and a professor and not a child of God. Is there someone here and you have come and gone from the Lord's table? You have taken the element of the bread that speaks of his body and you have eaten it. But you have never partaken of the life of God by divine regeneration. And you have lifted the cup of communion in your hand. And you have taken and participated in the wine that was in that cup. But you haven't a saving interest in the blood of Jesus. You haven't been to Jesus for the cleansing power. You're not washed in the blood of the Lamb. Alas, alas, to eat and drink damnation to your soul to go to the very door of heaven for that's what the communion feast is standing at the door of heaven celebrating Christ's victory and my friend it's a desecration that you're engaged in a profaning of holy things a desecration of those things stamped with the insignia of holiness and barriered by the power and the commandments of the gospel and of the epistles of the Lord. There's someone here, and you've come and gone from the table of the Lord. You know, the preacher's got to be faithful. My friend, it's not for me to cry peace, peace in your ears when there's no peace. Woe be unto you if I put you to sleep with a pleasing message. And woe be to me have I dared to be unfaithful in regard to the salvation of your soul. Solemn word, the wicked man, Mr. Badman, was a communicant. He sat at the Lord's table. He took the bread in his hand and the cup in his hand, but he was a sinner. And all week he was at the table of demons 
and on the Lord's day at the table of the Lord. There's a wicked man. Yes, and what shall I say of those that have climbed the pulpit stairs? If there is one place in the Christian church that is holy, it's the place where the word of God is read and the gospel is preached. There is no altar in the New Testament church, for we have an altar, and that altar is Jesus Christ. But there is a pulpit or a platform where above the people the preacher of God should stand. It's the most holy place where human feet could stand. We would need to cast our shoes from off our feet to the place whereon we stand this holy ground. And we have come to reason of righteousness and temperance and judgment. We traffic in souls. We do business for eternity. Our labor is not for time, but for eternity. We're seeking to reach men and win men for heaven and for Christ and for God. What shall I say about the man who thrusts himself into the ministry uncalled? Who never was saved? Who never was washed in the blood of the Lamb? Who put himself into this holy place uncalled and unordained of God? And one day that Christless wretch, that deceiver, that modern Iscariot, dies. And when he dies, God says it's a wicked man that dies. What shall I say of the congregation that he took to hell by his preaching? What shall I say about those people that he chloroformed with a devil's dope and told them they were all right when they were all wrong? came to my attention the other day, a Presbyterian minister, and he was visiting a woman that was dying. And a friend of the woman said to him, Have you been faithful to her soul? And he turned upon the man that spoke to him and almost cursed him. Hung up the phone, he said, It's no business of yours. And never once did that man offer a prayer in the home or read the book. And the soul was dying. Thank God, through the witness of God's people, that soul was saved. But at the burial service, that old unregenerated wretch that he was, he said she was all right. Baptism saw her right for heaven. What utter folly. Is there someone here tonight going to hell through the preaching of some apostate clergyman, some unregenerate hireling prophet? Someone that's not born from above or saved by grace. What a day that'll be when that preacher dies and he goes to the place that he sent his congregation to. My, I'm glad I can face people and their blood's not on my coattail. I'm glad no member of my congregation can say, Ian Paisley, you didn't preach to me the way you ought. I can say before God, after ministering in this church for almost 22 years, I am clear from the blood of man, but I haven't come to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. And I trust when I preach my last sermon, and I trust when I conduct my last meeting, and I trust my friend when my body lies in the casket, 
that not a man will pass that casket and say to me, there's a man who didn't warn me. I trust that everyone will know that this preacher warned men of death and of judgment and of eternal hell. That's his life, but what about his death? Death is coming, coming to us all. We're nearer to our own funeral tonight than ever we've been before. Those young people who were killed in that awful tragic road accident were in health and strength last Sunday. They didn't think that tonight there would be an eternity. As I looked at that photograph in the press, I said, how is it, my God, how is it with their souls? Oh, we're all dying men and women. We're going down the valley one by one with our faces towards the setting of the sun. Down the valley where the mournful cypress grows, where the stream of death and silence onward flows. We are going down the valley. We are going down the valley. One by one I saw the wicked buried. I attended their funeral. The minister said that they were buried in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of e- unto eternal life. It's a wonder the lie didn't choke in his gullet as he said it. I have been there. Great publican died in my hometown of Balamina. What a crowd of clergy officiated at his graveside and they buried the man who with his booze money had damned souls and split up families and ruined homes. And they had the audacity and hypocrisy to put him in the front row of heaven with a golden harp in his hand and to bury his body in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection unto eternal life. What hypocrisy. Do you think it altered the man's hell because ungodly clergyman said that he would rise to the resurrection of the just? Not at all. But add to the fury of the flames. Don't be mistaken, friend. Not what I say. It's what this book of God says. Not what any human instrument says. It's what the divine personality of Jesus Christ says. I saw Mr. Batman buried. I was there at the funeral. I heard the dull clay rattle of the coffin lid. And it was a Christless grave. And it was a Christless coffin. And it was a Christless corpse. And a Christless shroud. And the soul was in a Christless hell. Tell me if it had been you. Would you have been in hell tonight? I saw the wicked buried. One final word, friend. The Holy Ghost carved this on the tombstone. I'm sure they put a lot of fine things on the tombstone, that he was a good man and his works to follow. I've gone through the graveyards, and I've read all these texts of Scripture, and I've said, I wonder how many of these people will rise to everlasting life. I wonder. God says this is also vanity. Then, then 
was his going to the house of God. He might never have gone for all the good it did him. Then were his hopes. You know, friend, there's more than a corpse in many a coffin. I'll tell you what the grave digger buries as well. He buries false hopes. There's false hopes in many a coffin. Man believed that all was well. And they believed they were ready for heaven. And they believed they were saved and found that they weren't saved and they were damned. And the grave digger not only buried a corpse, but he buried their false hopes. Hopes that didn't mature or bring forth fruit to eternity. Will you be buried with your false hopes someday, my friend? Is your faith steadfast in Jesus Christ might? Are you trusting only in the grace of God and in the blood of the Lamb? Or will this say of you, will the Holy Ghost write this upon your tombstone? This also is vanity. Could I say then as the baptism of your youth, then as the confirmation of your youth, then as your standing where God's people stand and your sitting where God's people sit, then as your singing of the hymns of God and the reading of the Word of God and the listening to the gospel of God, then are all things, man and woman, but a living faith in the living Christ. It's the only thing that will count when we come to the last moments of life's journey. Will it be Mr. Badman will be buried when you die? Will your friends walk on and say, Alas, alas, he went to the Ulster Hall. Alas, alas, he listened to the preaching of Ian Paisley. Alas, alas, he knew the gospel. Alas, alas, he was prayed for. But he never came to Christ. And I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy and they were forgotten in the city where they had done this. The world soon forgets. You think you're very important to your chums and your friends and your mates and your drinking pals and the friends that you have in the dens of sin, friend. Two or three days after you're buried, you'll be forgotten. This is also God save you from a Christless deathbed. God save you from being wrapped in a Christless shroud and buried in a Christless grave without hope. My woman tonight, my man tonight, my young person, God Almighty save you for Jesus' sake. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we have been listening to solemn truths. We have been listening to a message of awful solemnity. O oh God, write it on the heart. O oh God, stir the soul. O oh God, bring men to Christ this evening. Help us as we appeal for souls. For Jesus' sake. 